my fellow twelves, do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. And stop making yourselves look like complete homers um, on the internet and social media outlets and so on and so forth. I mean, be a homer. I mean, I'm, I'm a homer myself and I'll admit to it. I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed homer, uh, proclaimed homer. But at least be a little more responsible about it. Right? Stop. Um, stop, you know, talking poorly and, and getting all in your emotions um, uh, about things that experts and greats say about the Seahawks simply because it doesn't fall right in line with what you want to hear about your Seahawk team. Right? Stop, stop getting mad at Stephen A. Smith. Because Stephen A. Smith is typically spot on. Stop getting mad at Deion Sanders. Because Deion Sanders is one of the is is the greatest of all time. If anybody knows anything about something, Deion does. What's going on, 12s? This is Robert English, your SoCal Seahawk, and thank you for joining me on this big time episode of Short Yardage. And we've got some football coming up. We just played some football. Not too exciting, but got something very exciting coming up. Win or lose, got to be exciting. But just to take a step back before we go into, and I'm not going to go in too deep on the Arizona game because we all saw it and it was a tragedy. Um, but look. Deion Sanders, coming up on a couple weeks ago now, was on the NFL Network doing his segment, and he said simply this. Now, 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 and I want to preface this by saying, you know, because because Seahawk fans certainly on Facebook went out of their minds over what Deion said. Went out of their minds. Now, I am well aware of the reality that we don't really get a fair shake in national media being tucked up there in the Pacific Northwest. We don't really get our fair shake. I'm I'm on board with that. But literally right on the heels of Dion saying how much he likes the Seahawks. Okay, what things about the Seahawks he does like, how much he likes Russell Wilson, how much he loves the running game that we've been able to put together this year. All he simply said was when the other host of the show mentioned the 12s, Dion said, don't nobody care about the 12s. He didn't say that. He didn't say that the Seahawks fans are a bad people. He didn't say that the Seahawks fans aren't legit. He didn't say that they're fair weather. He didn't say that they're fake. He just said from a player standpoint, don't nobody care about the 12s. And tell me what part of that statement is inaccurate. Do you think that players really walk in to Seattle, you know, afraid of the fans? No. Whether or not the fans have a, 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 some aspect of an effect on the game is besides the point. That has nothing to do with what Deion Sanders said. All he said was, look, these guys, 
They got that 22 men that are going to be out in that field at any given time, and they're coming on the field to play football. The the worrying about the fans is not what they're going to be doing. That's all Dion is saying. Don't nobody care about the 12s? He wasn't wasn't minimizing the 12s. Why are you guys getting so emotional about this stuff? And if you really want some, if you really want some harsh truth, right? Because as 12s, we, and I say we because I'm a 12, but it wasn't me because I understood what he was saying, but we took it very hard as if Dion was suggesting that we do not have as much of an effect on an outcome of a football game as we, as, as we proclaim to. So if that is the, the, the narrative that we are holding on to so strongly, then we've got to step our game up, don't we? Because all of the things that made us the 12s that we are are trending downward. Wins in the clink are down. False starts in the clink are down. Defensive pressure on the quarterback is down. Opposing quarterback productivity is up. These are all the things that the home field advantage is supposed to affect, giving you indeed the home field advantage. And every single one of those things is trending opposite of where it should be or where it has been. So as 12s, are we slacking? And this is granted, you know, the team hasn't been as good, but are we slacking? This is just me being objective, 12s. It's just being objective. Just being objective. And Stephen A. Smith, a few days ago, gets up there and says, look, I love the Seahawks. Stephen A. Smith is a Seahawk fan. Stephen A. Smith says he loves Marshawn Lynch. But does he really believe that Marshawn Lynch is going to have a real big effect on the outcome of this game on Sunday night against the 49ers or even moving on to the playoffs? He's skeptical. And rightfully so. You'd be a fool. What a fool believes is that what a fool believes, right? What a fool believes is that somebody who hasn't set foot on a field in over a year is going to just walk off the street and make monumental change. Now, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm not I'm not saying I don't uh, expect Marshawn to do great. I'm simply saying what a fool believes is that someone who hasn't seen a football field in a very long time can simply step right back on and do great things. Now, Marshawn apparently has been keeping himself in shape. Uh, there, apparently, per the reports that uh, that I've um, heard, um, you know, the, the the possibility or the topic of him getting back on the football field for somebody, Seattle or otherwise, um, uh, is has been has been going on for a few weeks. So I don't know how long it's been since Marshawn has been. Um, you know, talking about uh, playing football again, but apparently he's been he's been you know getting on his getting on his fitness. So there is that. There is that. And in a perfect world, you know, the preparation that he's seen 
uh, leading up to this moment tomorrow night is going to work wonders. I mean, he is a world-class athlete. So, you know, there's that. But don't get mad at Stephen A. Smith for just calling a spade a spade and just, you know, saying that chances are it's not going to happen because, you know, if Marshawn goes out there and runs for 100 yards against the, against the Niners, that's going to be, no, no, most people wouldn't have taken that bet, right? You stop getting mad because someone said something bad about the Seahawks or it ain't, they didn't even say anything bad about the Seahawks. They just said that, uh, you know, they just call it what it is. Deion Sanders says he does not like the Seattle defense. Neither do half the or three fourths of the twelves out there. You guys are you getting mad at Dion for saying the same thing that I'm hearing the twelves saying? Anyway, come on Seahawks, come on twelves. How about that game against the Cardinals? Do we really? I mean, what 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 needs to be said? Um, a very poor performance once again. It reminds me. It's very eerie similarity to the Rams game um again I want to say are we really surprised because this is not I mean are we surprised based on the production we've had against other teams this season I suppose but this isn't 180 out from what we have seen against these teams for the last many years the Rams and the Cardinals have found ways to either take us down to the end or beat us, regardless of how good they have been in any given season. Cardinals and Rams, even when the Rams were no good, they still found ways to make it tough on us and sometimes beat us. The same exact thing with the Cardinals. And the Cardinals have some type of magic that makes them able to do it at the clink. So really, this is just normality. Are we really so, why are, you know, granted, we expected to play so much better against a team that isn't so good. But this is no different than what we've been seeing for years in a row. It was very upsetting to see the offense just play so poorly after the first drive that is the first drive was perfect went down the field scored it was it was it was awesome and then nothing else giving up the big run to the Arizona running back that was huge kind of took the wind out of the sails um you know may, maybe we maybe we went down there on the first drive using the our tried and true formula and then we tried some other stuff to see how, how we might be able to use it, you know, in the future, moving into the playoffs or whatever. And it just didn't work out. Who knows? You know, when you've already locked yourself into the playoffs and still have another opportunity to, um, you know, to secure a better seating in the final game. Is that a throwaway game? Nah, I guess not a throwaway game, but, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know what the logic always is with these uh NFL front offices, but uh, or coaching staff, I should say. Um, but it would have been really nice to beat the Cardinals, especially at home. Um, we have been now, you know, given uh, two labels, you know, that that are not nice to have. We're the we're the worst. We're the worst eleven win team ever, and we're the and we're the worst uh, 
uh what home playoff team right uh you know the you know, and there it is again 12s right how many games we lose at home this year three so um yeah no bueno no bueno but here we are okay so first of all chris carson um out for the season cj Procise out for the season um Rashad Penny out for the season. We already knew that, um, you know, uh, you know, for some weeks now. Um, I'm not so worried about CJ Procise being gone because honestly, once, once, once Carson went out and I'm thinking, oh, okay, Procise. All right. I'm thinking as soon as I'm seeing Carson out, I'm thinking Travis Homer anyway. I'm thinking Travis Homer all day. I, I'm like, I don't want to see Procise on the field uh, any more than absolutely necessary. I'm saying pro uh let, let's get Homer the football. Let's see what he can do. I'd rather see us fail with Homer than fail yet again with CJ Procise. Um uh, I I should say let me let me rephrase that. I would rather see Homer fail than see Procise fail yet again. Procise has been nothing but disappointing for me since he's been a Seattle Seahawk. Get a little uh sip of water here. So I'm okay with that. And I don't I don't see ProSize being um uh a Seahawk past uh past this season anyway. And then there was these grumblings about this Marshawn Lynch guy showing up at the in in uh in uh in um at the VMAC, you know, to talk with the Seahawks, blah blah blah. I thought it was really more just hearsay, this and that. This is um, you know, I think this actually was reported prior uh to um Carson getting hurt. And um like hey Marshawn's going to Kirkland, what's going on? You know? Um next thing you know, we signed Marshawn Lynch and Robert Turbin. The future and the past have met in the present. This is amazing. I mean, just the feeling of it. Look, even if we lose to the Niners and go one and done in the playoffs, there's still going to be a feeling of nostalgia, uh, a feeling of like, wow, you know, we brought back the the guys that, you know, got us there, you know, the first time. Imagine if we beat the Niners. If we beat the Niners and, 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 and then don't go to the Super Bowl, it still was a great, a great move. Right. If we don't win another game this season, then okay, okay, that it might be a little bit rough, but you know, we won't surprise, we, we won't have surprised too many people because we're already three and a half uh, point underdogs at home in this game. Um, so no one is really expecting the Seattle Seahawks to beat the San Francisco 49ers in this game. No one expects it. So um, if we win this game, that's huge. That's huge. I expect um, all stops to be pulled in this game. Um, I'm, I'm happy to see Robert Turbin out there again. I used to love watching Turbin run. Um, uh, Marshawn, gosh, if he even has just a bit 
of the beast mode, I think that can only bode well for us. Um, if he gets, I mean, let's, I, 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 I'm curious of what kind of snap count they have planned for him. You know, I, I can't imagine he's going to get 20 carries. But 10, 12 carries between and then and then another 10, 12 between. Um, you know, hopefully we can run the ball 35 times. But Marshawn between between 10 and 15 carries. Another another 15 carries split between uh, Travis Homer and um, Robert Turbin. You know, maybe we can. Uh, maybe we can do something here. Dwayne Brown is out. That's going to be a huge miss right there. Um, you know, the 49er, 49er D line is no joke. Without Dwayne Brown there, it's going to be huge, especially on Russell's blind side. Um, that's going to be tough. Uh, it was tough when we played them on Monday night um, earlier this season. Russell took a lot of sacks, um, you know, but we found a way to, to get through it. Um, you know, hopefully this is going to be a carbon copy of that game, maybe a little bit better. It's tough to say. This is a game where I'm really having trouble calling it. It's tough to predict this one. This is one where I would say, you know what? I probably won't predict this one because I'm, I'm never going to. I always my, my predictions are always that Seattle's going to win. Because, again, I said in the beginning of the show, I'm a bit of a homer myself. So if I can't find a way to to find a prediction on how Seattle wins the game, I just usually keep my mouth shut. That isn't to suggest that I don't think we can win. It's just I can't I can't do the math in my head. I can't find the uh the the spots of the game where we can exploit uh to really equate to a win. I mean, obviously we could go out there, we could block better than, than expected and run the ball better than expected and throw the ball better than expected and you know, turn the ball uh, uh take away the ball better than expected and win the win the game, obviously. But when I look at two teams like this, I see the 49ers as being not only the the um, the assumed better team, but I see them being a very formidable team. I see these two teams being very close to one another. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's and and division rival. You got to add that in there. Division rival game is always going to be different. Um, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. Um, and hopefully it's great when the clock reads, uh, you know, triple zeros and, you know, Seattle is hopefully grabbing the, uh, the one seed. Now we need some help to get the one seed. That's the, really the, the kicker, uh, from losing to the Arizona Cardinals is that if we had beat the Cardinals, when we won this game tomorrow night, we are the one seed, but now we need help. We need, and really, we need help to even grab the two seed. We need at least one of New Orleans or Green Bay to lose. Otherwise, we're going to fall into the three seed, if I'm not mistaken. Which is great, but don't you want that first round by? Don't you want that first week off? Don't you want, don't you want Dwayne Brown to have one more week to rest and get right? Don't you want Jadavion Clowney to have to play one less game? Right. Just give us one extra week of rest. If we only have to win in the divisional and the conference round to get to the Super Bowl, I'm liking our chances. 
but to play in all three of the preliminary rounds first. I mean, it, it, just the law of averages says that, you know, if you get more opportunities to lose, you might lose one. The NFC is tough. Everybody outside of the NFC East is a good team. And that being said, the NFC East is probably the dangerous team. The East is probably the dangerous team. That's the team that could come out and play. Certainly if it's Dallas. Certainly if it's Dallas. <clears throat> no doubt in my mind that Dallas is not a better team than any other team in the NFC uh, playoff. Uh, but they're probably the most dangerous team. And by dangerous, I mean the team that could just get hot for 60 minutes or even 45 minutes and beat you. Dallas is a team that can, that's going to play spoiler, that could play spoiler for anybody in the NFC uh, playoff bracket. So I don't want Dallas. We'll take whoever, but you know Dallas is a team that you got to watch out for, I think. Everybody else, we know what we're getting. You know what you're getting with New Orleans. You know what you're getting with Green Bay. Right? Do you know what you're getting with Dallas? You don't know. You go in there thinking that Dallas is this, and they come out like that. Ask the Rams. So the third seed, as good as it is, we get, a, we get at least one home playoff game. That's great. But the first round bye, man. First round bye. And man, the number one seed would just be perfect. This is going to be a great game. A um, lot going into this. Um, it, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. The game of the year, I think. And go figure that the game of the year ended up being the last game of the year. So much writing on it. So much writing on it. The, the past and the future have come together and as, as one. They are the one and the same. Seahawks past and Seahawks future are one and the same. Marshawn Lynch, Robert Turbin, Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright. They're all there. The same cast. The same cast of characters that ran roughsod over the uh, Denver Broncos all those years ago. We're back. It's got to make you feel good. This is Robert English. Your SoCal Seahawk. Make sure you tune in and check out uh, Seattle Sports Union. SeattleSportsUnion.com on the web. At Seattle Sports Union on Twitter. At Seattle Sports Union on Facebook. Um, check out myself, Abraham Deweese, excuse me, and the rest of the team's articles and podcasts and everything else of the sort. All things Seattle sports from the Seahawks to the Mist to the Mariners and uh, everything else in between. Uh, check us out there. Um, I am going to be working on getting my podcast onto iTunes. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Make a little, make the exposure rate a little better. <laughs> 
Anyway, that's enough of my belly aching. This is Robert English, your SoCal Seahawk. I'm signing out of here. Go Hawks!